Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of This Is Not The Time Podcast. And I'm your host, Nub, or some people call me Nubs. And today's episode is a bit of a departure from our usual programming, but I think you're going to find it relatable and valuable. It's a story that involves crying, mental health, and a wise former boss. We often think of work as this professional, emotionless space where we clock in, do our duties, clock out, and that's it. But life is never that simple, is it? We are humans, right? Not robots. And our work life is not immune to the emotional roller coaster that is being, well, human. So today I want to talk about a recent experience that reminded me of this. So let me paint a picture. Picture this. It was my last one-on-one session with my former boss. He's one of those people who has a PhD in Stoicism, but a heart the size of a planet. And something unexpected happened. I cried. Not just a small tear trickling down, but a full-on ugly cry. Ugh. I mean, who does that? Unfortunately, it's me. (laughs) Let me preface by saying I am not typically one to cry in professional settings. But during that session, the tears just flowed. It surprised me as much as it would surprise anyone who knows my usually stoic demeanor. While embarrassing, it was also cathartic. It was like I had been carrying a heavy weight around for a long time and finally I was able to put it down. Why did I cry, you may ask? Let's backtrack a bit. I defended myself when he pointed out how reclusive I've been at work and in a rare moment of vulnerability I told him about my suicidal tendencies the feeling of not fitting in not feeling smart enough and overthinking people's words said slash about me and their actions that snowballed and pummeled my self-esteem He also knew that my friend's recent passing and how it could trigger my depression again. His response surprised me. He, being a physician by occupation, understood. Not just in the I hear you way, but he genuinely got it. And he with his ever-so-stoic expression and tone, said the most sincere and 
warmest words. And that, my listeners, broke me down. And if you hear some weird noises in the background, that's my laundry. <laughs> that's my washing machine. Sorry. Okay, back to the story. <laughs> I find that whole situation funny because it's funny how the people who are least expressive are sometimes the ones who understands the most, isn't it? I've never been one for empty comfort words. I prefer the harsh truth, even if it hurts. So to my surprise, he lends me a perspective that people often resort to filler words not out of insensitivity, but out of a lack of understanding of how to address such feelings. It's a bit ironic for me because I give people the benefit of the doubt, but I don't extend the same courtesy to myself. <laughs> Who knew I could be such a hypocrite? Well, I mean, it happens to the best of us. After that conversation, he advised me to be more proactive at work, to branch out my skills, and to connect with good people in the company. I mean, I thought I was already being proactive enough, but apparently there's always room for improvement. And although I was skeptical, I found myself slowly doing just that after our conversation. His words had that much impact. I also confessed to him that I had started taking um, medication to mediate my depression. His response? He, of course, advised me not to rely on it. To which I replied, Between the option of starting medication and being thrown into the crazy house, I'd say medication seems like the better option. <laughs> he lightly laughed at that which is a win in my book. <laughs> Now, you might wonder why I shared such intimate details with my boss. Well, I didn't want to be seen through a certain bias. I didn't want pity or those empty filler words people often use to comfort others. What I wanted was understanding. And in that session, I received it. Now here comes the part that made me bawl. He told me to hope. Even though hope can be a fragile light, I have to constantly keep that light burning. <laughs> And boy, did that hit home. I mean... Who knew that hope could be so heavy? <laughs> I was so embarrassed that I had to turn away my camera to sob. When I pulled it back up, I saw that he was slightly emotionally affected too. In the end, 
losing him at the company had a significant impact on everyone. But it's the personal connections that hit the hardest. Despite his very high position, he was always there for everyone, even those not directly under his wing, embodying the true spirit of leadership. And that, dear listeners, is a lesson in itself. No matter how high you climb, never forget to lend a hand to those still on their way up. I think that's what made him so approachable and why some people um, at the company opened up to him, (laughs) even for confessions. (laughs) I'm not exactly sure why people come to him for confessions. Um, Maybe it's because he's a good listener or maybe it's because he has a calming presence or maybe it's because he's just handsome. (laughs) I'm kidding, he's not the handsome. But whatever the reason is, I am glad that he was there for me when I needed him. He's a good man and he's a leader that everyone deserves. As for me, I am left with a renewed sense of purpose and a mission to keep my inner light of hope burning, no matter how fragile it seems. And who knows, maybe I'll learn to swing the bat harder the more life throws curveballs at me. (laughs) So keep listening, keep learning, and remember, it's okay to be a work in progress. Until next time, this is your ever so slightly neurotic host, still constantly questioning my intelligence and place in this world while also secretly moonlighting as a superhero who carries an entire department on her back signing off bye bye